A Life Unknown written by Rachel Shooton, Episode 1. How have you been, Penny? It's been a hard week. What's been going on? Not much since the last time I saw you. Little things keep creeping in and hijacking my thoughts. Like? Like the events of that day. Which day? You know which day. It's perfectly normal. It's going to take time. I know. But I can't help question things. Such as? Such as how I reacted. The things that went through my head. There isn't a rule book on how we should react to these things. There isn't a norm. Hmm. What exactly is it about your thoughts that bother you so much? Gravel. Pardon? Gravel. I was thinking about gravel. Okay. Any particular reason why you... The police arrived, told us about the accident, and when they left, all I could think about was gravel. Anything in particular about gravel? Not really. Just that I should remember to ask Carl about it. Go on. There just didn't seem to be enough of it. Do you think that this might be a subconscious hankering for something other than gravel? Not really, no. Perhaps if you think back... On the driveway. There just didn't seem to be enough gravel on the driveway. Oh. I see. I noticed it as the police car pulled out. Well, that makes sense. Does it? My mother is... And I should be focusing on my dad. But all I can think about is gravel. That doesn't seem strange to you at all. Gravel. Even the word sounds strange when you say it enough times. Now that you've explained it, no, it doesn't sound strange. The shock of the news was too difficult for your mind to process. So it um, picked out something it could deal with. Hmm. The need for gravel. Hmm. Tell me about what happened after the police left. I went back inside. Have they gone? Yes. Right. Okay. Dad, shall I come with you to... To identify her. You should get yourself home. Melody can't find out from anyone else. She won't be home for hours, Dad. Just go home, Penny. Please. Okay. I just... I'm perfectly fine. You're not fine, Dad. I can see. Penny. Just call me if you need anything. Okay? Okay. Right then. Bye, Dad. That must have been hard. What? Being sent away. No, I understood. I mean, he needed to be alone. I got it. What did you need? Me? It wasn't about me, was it? he just lost his wife for 41 years. I didn't need anything. Okay, so what did you do next? Well, I went home.
I'll pick up. Stupid man, answer the bloody thing. I'm sorry, I can't come to the phone right now, but if you would like to leave a message... I well, if Mohammed won't come to the mountain... So you needed Carl? Well, I wanted to go and pick Melody up from work early, but I knew she'd hate that. She's barely spoken to me since she started a new job, and I didn't want to embarrass her in front of everyone. She's impossible as it is. <laughs> Not that she's ever been easy. Carl wasn't answering his phone, though. It's just annoying. Always ringing someone who never answers, is always too busy, too tied up, too distracted and too... Too... <sighs> it doesn't matter. What did you do then? I got in my car and drove to his office. Oh, for heaven's sake. Is every light going to be red today? Hey! Oh my God! Stupid woman, you almost knocked me off my bike. I'm so sorry. You can't even pay attention to the road. I didn't see you. I'm so... I really am sorry. I... Oh, no. Not now. Just breathe. Oh, come on now. Oh, breathe in. And out. Oh, God. Sounds like you had an awful journey. The worst thing was that the whole time I was imagining what my mother would be thinking. She had a thought about everything. On the day I was getting married, she comes into the room and I think we're going to finally have that bonding mother-daughter talk. She said it was like watching a finch being caught and caged. According to her, he'd squeeze the last bit of joy out of me if I walked down that aisle. Why do you think she said that? She just never understood. The concept of being able to rely on someone. She never approved of anything I did. What makes you think that? She hated the books I wrote for a start. <laughs> now you're going to ask me what she didn't like about them, and the answer is anything. She didn't like anything about them. Cheap lit, she liked to call it. She couldn't deal with the proper term, as she'd say. She hadn't given birth to a chicken. Your success tells you other people love them. And your editor must too, else she wouldn't be publishing them. She... my editor, that is... She sent me the loveliest email the other day. Oh? Another great story with a fabulous response already, she told me. Marvellous. She asked me where I got my steamy ideas from. Reckons my husband must be a very happy man. That last bit actually made me laugh out loud. There's not much joy in that department. God, I remember trying to talk to him about it once. <laughs> <laughs> Carl, <clears throat> Carl, perhaps we could improve things with a bit of variety. Pardon? I just thought we could spice things up a little, you know. No, I don't, Penny. Is there something wrong with how I do it? No, of course not. I just thought... You do realise I'm not one of those characters in your trashy novels. I wasn't suggesting you were, just trying to make things interesting. So now I'm a bore. Great, thanks. You know I didn't mean it like that. I just wanted to... Tell me what a terrible lover I am. No, of course not. All I was trying to say You is... really know how to kill the mood. I honestly sometimes wonder why I even bother. <sighs> Good night, Penny. Good night, Carl. Needless to say, I never brought it up again. Unfortunately, sex with Carl is far removed from anything I write. Do you think that's why you write the stories you write? You don't need to be Freud to work that one out. That's true. I just wanted to check that you had 
worked it out. You have to understand. Life's all part of a schedule with Carl. I shouldn't moan. Things are better now. They are. I'm better. I'm off the medication now. We're better. I know he can be stoic and stern, but he loves us. Yes, I'm sure he does. You mentioned a schedule. I have to run a tight ship, you see. I'm up at six. I let the animals out in, feed them, lay out the breakfast table, empty the dishwasher, put the kettle on, warm up the milk, we have breakfast, I pack up lunches, wish everybody a good day, fill the dishwasher and breathe. What about the evenings? They're the same. But weekends offer a bit of variety. Go on. Pretty much on the dot. When the news finishes at ten, Carl will switch off the TV and yawn. That's my cue to go upstairs, wash, undress and get into bed. And don't get me started on the bed. It's a beast of a thing, inherited from his mother. Imposing mahogany monstrosity that takes up half the bloody room. Anyway, he'll climb into bed and distribute his weekly hug. A hug? His attempt at affection are a few token caresses in what I can only imagine he deems to be the necessary places. He'll kiss the top of my back before getting on with the job in hand. I sometimes forget who's doing their duty. Me or him. I'm quite certain only one of us ever gets the desired outcome. And it's never me. I can see this is an area we need to do more work on, but... I want to return to your mother. It always ends up back on her. I feel like we're making progress there, so I'd like to keep the thread going. Delicate things. Pardon? Threads. I understand yours were quite fragile, which is why I think we need to continue in this direction. If you say so. What happened after your car journey to Carl's office? It's very quiet today. Bank holidays, miss. Of course it is. Silly me, I, I totally forgot. Shall I call up for you? Don't worry, I'll, I'll see myself up. Fifth floor. <sighs> Holy mother of God! Oh, oh no. Penny, oh, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. This is not supposed to be. This wasn't supposed to happen. Oh my god, it's such a mess. Shit. This isn't what it looks like. I uh, know. I'm sorry. I just want to. I, I I need to make this right. Please let me make this right. We can make this right. I just I just need to. I want a divorce. Pen, please. I want a divorce. Penny. Oh. And my mother is dead. That was... That must have been a severe shock for you. Huh. Yes, it was a little. I can see why this has been hard for you to talk about. I've had better times. Yes, I don't doubt it. Are we done here for today? We still have time. Why do you think you didn't bring this up earlier? Previously, you made it seem things were better between you. I felt ashamed. But you haven't done anything wrong, Penny. Carl has displayed textbook characteristics of a man hiding his sexuality. The control, for example. 
This really wasn't your fault. Try telling that to my daughter. She's barely spoken to me since I packed us off to live with my dad. Melody will need time to process it all. Have you been able to speak to Carl about what happened? Yes, we sat down at the weekend and spoke. How did that go? I think he was relieved. I think we both were. I bet my mother knew the whole time. I feel so stupid. How could I not have known? I mean, it's all such a horrible cliché. A loveless marriage with a man who wears silk pyjamas. You think alarm bells would have gone off years ago? Sometimes we don't see what we don't want to. I can't even hate him. I mean, he's not a bad man. He tries to be a good dad. And he's the sort of person that holds the door open. Helps old ladies across the street. He likes animals. But I feel like a fool. I thought we had a good marriage, you know. Not perfect. And a tad over-controlled, but solid. Normal. Almost. I mean, no different to my parents or our friends. Normal is entirely relative, Penny. So they say. She was a difficult woman, my mother. But it would have been nice to have her around. Yes, of course. Life's a bit of a cow like that, isn't she? Try to be kind to yourself, Penny. I think we've done some good work here today. We'll pick this up again next week. Same time? Yes. Okay. Life Unknown was a non-profit community project by Telling Stories Radio Productions, written and directed by Rachel Shooton. Penny was performed by Gemma Bowden, therapist by Amy Brown-Boats, Ben by Andrew Cullum, Carl by Dan McGarry, cyclist by Richard Biles, security guard by Andy Cassidy, and Howard by Al Holloway. Sound effect recordings are Creative Commons licensed. Details can be found on tellingstoriesradio.com.